0: For listeners of Stadium Scene's made event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code STADIUMSCENE, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com, that's L-I-N-Q-A-P-P.com. The Stadium Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fanatics. If you're a true fan, you'll show up to the game in the latest and greatest merchandise to cheer on your team to victory. Visit stadiumscene.com forward slash fanatics for the best gear out there. Fanatics. That's spelled F A N A T I C S. Welcome to the First Stadium Scene Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Fluck, here in a cold Phoenix afternoon, and alongside of me is my co host, Kate Thompson, in Chicago. Our podcast will feature residents of cities sharing their knowledge of the sports scene and owners and operators of restaurants and bars. For our first episode, our guest is a native Ohioan coming from the shores of Lake Erie and is here to talk about the sports and bar scene in Cleveland. Please welcome to the show my close personal friend and theme park enthusi- uh, enthusiast, Mr. Joe <laughs> Matt. Right, we're off to a roaring start here.
1: Yay. Just as good as my podcast beginnings. Podcasts. Is- see, yeah. See, you're on Yeah, I'm just, I'm absolutely perfect at this. I haven't been doing this for years. Thank you, DJ, for having me. Thank you, Kate. So when you're talking about uh, cold, uh, how cold is it right now in Phoenix? Uh,
0: Well, it did get up to 70 eventually, but it was like 46 when
1: I woke up this morning. Okay, so it's 48 currently, and it was a high of 62 in Cleveland.
2: We got up to 71, and it's currently 62 here in Chicago. So it's
1: warmer in Chicago than Phoenix. Yeah.
2: Well, it's... that,
0: that storm in, that hit California over the weekend, we got the uh, the leftover from it, and it just dropped temperatures by like 30 degrees. It was pretty crazy. It's uh, 65 right now.
1: Yeah, now you may have to like wear like, closed-toe shoes instead, right?
0: Yeah, you know. Oh, cursed. I might have to invest in a pair. <laughs> so anyway, for our show today, uh, we're going to talk about Cleveland, Ohio, and Joe... Just Can you tell us about how downtown Cleveland has evolved over the time since you've, uh, since you've lived there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I was born in the 80s, so we'll start in the wonderful era of the 80s with all the fun 80s-ness. Uh, so Cleveland was in um, debt and default in the 80s. Um, basically, they went through uh, a long time with uh, desegregation problems with the schools in the 70s. Uh, They were forced to actually become desegregated in, like, 76 or something. Um, And they went through some uh, huge, huge issues. And they went um, into debt, and they went into default. They were the first city since the Great Depression to do that. And um, they emerged out of debt in 86. Um, So the 80s was really interesting um, because they bought— uh, a bunch of land right on the corner of Carnegie and uh, Euclid uh, that would be for two new stadiums uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced that they'll be building a a uh, permanent museum in Cleveland and they started doing some uh, link la- some groundwork for some new infrastructure in downtown Cleveland um, in the '90s, uh, Tower City opened in 1991. That was owned by Four City Four City Enterprises. I want to say yeah, that sounds about right. Um, this is like one of those like really nice downtown malls that you find everywhere. Um, it had pretty much like all the big name stores. Like it had one of the first uh, Disney stores in Ohio. Oh man! It had a Warner. Br- yeah, back in '91, <laughs> baby. Um, it had a Warner Brothers store. Remember those? No. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they were Warner Brothers stores, and they had I, one in. I, I do not Cleveland. remember that. Yeah, there was like a giant Bugs Bunny standing outside, like the uh, uh, Oscar statue and everything. Were they, were yeah, they it was right as, there. Was uh, direct competition to the Disney store? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Definitely, sort of, um, d- definitely the same concept. Um, but this is like the kind of place where you'd find like the first nature conservatories and like Banana Republics. And that kind of like 1990s aesthetic of shopping really kind of started with Tower City. Um, Wet Design, the people who did like all the, the fountains um, at like the Bellagio and stuff, they did some of their first installations at Tower City for fountains. Um, so Tower City was really, really cool and up and coming and awesome. And people would go there and travel. Um, Then in 1994, uh, the Gateway District opened, and that's uh, the Gundarina and Jacobs Field, also now known as the Q and the Progressive Field. Um, So those opened up in 94. There's actually a nice walkway from Tower City to uh, the Gundarina. So it was just really big, hopping downtown area. One year later, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened. Um, My dad's hairstylist actually cut <laughs> little richard's hair.
2: <laughs> That's,
1: it. That's your random fact of the day. Yeah, sure, my your random fact of the day. So so like Cleveland was this buzzing, hopping, really cool place. Um all this stuff was happening. It was really badass. Um and it was, it was just you can't forget the
0: most important part of the mid-90s in Cleveland. Well, no, I'm getting to that. You're getting we there. To... Okay, I'll let you. I'm not yep. going to just step
1: on your toes there. So, it's a story arc here. Work with me. So, (laughs) in 95, everything's going great. We have Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, In 1996, we're having the um, All-Star Game, which we're having again in 2018, I think? 2019, something like that. Um, All-Star Game, all this great stuff. So, in 1995, comes the infamous story of Art Modell, that bastard. Can I curse on the podcast? Well, I guess now Uh, I can.
0: It's too late now. Actually, you know what? We can say it Too late. later.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our one curse for the whole show. Um, Art Modell, the treacherous person, decided that he wants to move the Browns to Baltimore, Maryland, where the Colts used to be. Um, That was in 1995. He made the uh, decision. In uh, early 1996, the decision was made uh, that they were going to kind of spin off the Browns, and keep that as like a holding company in Cleveland uh, that the city owned, I believe, or the NFL, I'm not sure. And then they would adopt the name the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so they left in 1996, um, I think. I forget when the Ravens started, like 97 or something like that?
0: Uh, that sounds about right. We'll have to have our, send yeah. our researchers to, to look that up.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're in a furious typing right now.
0: Um as someone who grew was born and raised in Indianapolis, the whole Baltimore football thing's not not a sour subject to me, but there are many people in the Baltimore area that still are, to this day are very angry, even though it happened almost thirty-five years ago now. Pretty
1: much, yeah. Was that the one where they uh w- or was it the original Indianapolis team that left that uh they just like packed up? No, though? this was they, in
0: the uh up. the the early eighties around nineteen eighty four or so when yeah. Bob Ursay was sick and tired of poor attendance in Baltimore, and he couldn't get a deal for a new uh, stadium. It was 1996, by the way, that the Ravens started in, okay. Uh, in Baltimore. Okay, there you go. But Bob Ursae, uh decided that he was going to move the team to Indianapolis. They had a new stadium there, the Hoosier Dome, which later became known as the RCA Dome. Uh, and the city of Baltimore tried to sue, and that's when they pulled the uh, Mayflower uh, van line heist where they <laughs> put the entire office into a couple mayflower vans and they all drove different directions to get out of, of maryland because the police were going to try to stop them and, and bring them back uh but they didn't and now the indianapolis colts exist and people in baltimore are still angry so anyway
1: yeah
2: I yeah there you go mayflower was a boat that's
1: the inspiration for the name
0: of mayflower yes their their logo is a boat
1: oh, yeah okay. they were a at- they're kind of a uh, East Coast kind of moving company because we used Mayflower when we moved around Virginia and North Carolina and all and Florida and all that stuff. So yeah, it
2: would have been um, cool if we move the team by boat down to Indiana. I don't in
0: think that would have gone very well.
1: That would have been that would have been impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really impressive. I'm not sure how they would do that. <laughs> They would put it on a boat, and then they put the boat on a tractor, like a trailer kind of thing, and then they would do that. Yeah, that would That's the probably, only way. It
0: could... Probably be the most epic fail of all time if they actually tried to move the Colts out of Baltimore with a boat.
1: <laughs> but but apt for Baltimore because they're right on the uh, right on the water. Yeah, anyway, they've been on their way back to England. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the first English team, right? <laughs> right. Um. So. Uh. Anyway, and uh. So the the kind of the story with Cleveland. Um, in the late 90s, early 2000s was this kind of team the uh, teams and the city in like it, it was basically an unsustainable growth and kind of projection that just couldn't could not sustain itself. Um, Tower City just had uh, tenants start leaving a lot. Uh, the Indians kind of started faltering uh, when uh, the Jacobs brothers sold to uh, Larry Dalton. Yeah, that sounds about right. And, um, all that stuff. And it kind of got really murky for a while. Um, in the early 2000s, they started relooking at, um, what they were kind of doing. Um, they looked at rebuilding, revitalizing downtown, and they started doing a lot of new, um, uh, things. Uh, the Browns came back in the late nineties. Uh, they have first energy stadium now. Um, so that kind of, uh, led a little bit of that revitalization, revitalization of downtown. um. But uh, the revitalization didn't really start until the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, a bunch of restaurants started reopening in uh, downtown Cleveland. Um, we got a Jack Casino, which was the horseshoe when it opened because uh, they legalized gambling in Cleveland. So we have a casino now down there. Um, we opened a brand new convention center with a bunch of new um, hotels like the Nine. And also we hosted the Republican National Convention in 2016 for our one political fact of the day, and we'll, we'll end it at that.
0: <laughs> Regardless of your political opinion, it's always good television.
1: Yeah, yeah, the balloon drops are always fun. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, anyway.
0: So. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. with Tower City, is that still around, or has that gone by the wayside? Um,
1: Tower City's still there. They're looking to so what happened was they closed a lot of the of the, um, the people who were the the tenants that were there. Um, the, what's funny is they have like the old Disney store still has like that old outside logo with all you know you know kind of like the old Disney store design.
0: Sure. But it has
1: none of the Disney stuff. But instead they just sell like jackets inside, so it's really kind of weird. Um, so Tower City like the first level is pretty. Um, it's not like really really fancy as it used to be, but it's pretty modern stuff. Ah, uh, the second and third levels are pretty much deserted now. They're actually looking to turn that into apartment complexes and stuff like that. Um, the food court's pretty much ransacked. Uh, the um, yeah, it's uh, I, I mean it's still open, but there's like no more like name brand stuff. It, you know, it's a lot of the generic Chinese restaurant stuff. Um, but it's still there. Um, they still do uh, Christmas stuff and fountain stuff. Um, they've been expanding. Um. But I haven't been there in a while, so that should probably tell you everything you need to know about that. Don't uh, the Warner
2: everything online, too. Like, I don't remember the last time I bought something in the store besides food.
1: Well, and also, like, you had to go downtown, you had to pay for parking, you had to wait, you had to go up the escalator, then you had to shop, and then you had to wait to get out, you know, as opposed to going to, you know, Great Northern, which is a mall on the west side, or go to um, Legacy Village, which is which is a mall on the east side. You know malls that offer the same thing if not more for um, a much uh, easier experience so they're kind of trying to reposition Tower City in a way interesting hmm
0: so according to my notes here it looks like the uh, Tower City Center or the what what is the uh, the Avenue at Tower City Center is that is that just the the new name for it or is that just a specific part of the, the area I
1: think that's just the new name
0: okay <laughs> If that's the case, then Mr. Dan Gilbert is the uh, the owner, as who's well known in the uh, the Cleveland sports uh, area.
2: Why's that? He... Who is he?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> really? Uh, he owns the uh, Cleveland Cavs. Cavaliers.
2: Sorry, I'm a Chicago fan. <laughs> no,
1: that's fair. Fair. Fair enough.
0: Um. He also, yeah, he also wrote the angry letter when LeBron skipped town,
1: and uh, it was all in Comic Sans and purple. Yes,
0: <laughs>
1: yes. That was terrible. <laughs> that was horrific. If we have time, we'll
0: have to dig that letter up and read it. Since you know the the, uh, the Cavaliers won, all is well now. So it's now a footnote in in Cavaliers history
1: and bad font history. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's. Do you want to cover some of the stadiums real quick. Yeah, just you know, let's let's go back
0: to the beginning. So you said the Quicken Loans Arena and Progressive Field they both came in mm-hmm. around the same time. So just you know, can you tell us a little bit about you know just how they've changed over the years, you know what the, the unique features are, and just kind of go into the that how it fits in with the downtown experience.
1: Yeah. So um the Gund Arena and Jacobs Field as they originally opened, um. R- they're right on this corner of downtown, of downtown Cleveland where a bunch of um, uh, highways merge. So you, as soon as you get off most of these major highways, whether it be 90 or 270, you're right there at the Gateway District, which is what it's called. Um, uh, what's really interesting about them is that the Gundarina and um, Jacobs Field are right next to each other. Um, they share like this really nice uh, esplanade area. And they also share one parking garage. Um, they also have, each one of them has their own parking garage, and then they share one for, uh, so they both, you know, have two parking garages. Um, so that's really interesting. So for the Gundarina, I've only been there a few times, um, but it's a full, it's, they're actually going to go through a completely new um, uh, revitalization. They're trying to open up the whole entire area, so there's going to be um, more areas for you to be inside but not through security. Um, so you're not standing outside in the cold and stuff. Uh, for food-wise, inside, there's uh, two really big options. Uh, one is B-Spot, which is Michael Simon's uh, fast food burger location. Um, they, they serve uh, fancy burgers you know, with, with nice toppings. I think his famous one is the Lola Burger, which has an egg on it with pickled onions and stuff. Um, and also, they also have a... Uh, uh, Quaker Steak and Lube, which is a wings place located in there, which is delicious. Um, they have a uh, Louisiana liquors and I think Buckeye Barbecue are two of their flavors. Um, so those are some pretty cool locations. Um, I usually go there for the hockey games for Lake Erie Monsters, the a- AHL winners of last year, I believe. Oh, now Lake the, Erie Monsters. Now the Cleveland Monsters, which I think is a horrible. Yeah, horrible.
0: that is a terrible name. Yeah, they, the Cleveland Monsters? Now? Yeah, they are now the Cleveland Monsters. I
1: think that's a that's terrible a ter-
0: terrible decision.
1: because Lake, Lake Erie Monsters makes sense. They had a whole theme. Like they had this whole thing going. Yeah, Lake Erie Monsters sounds so much better. Ugh, whatever. I don't, anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the <laughs> um, logic
0: behind that was.
1: Yeah. So, um the Gundarina's is nice. They're going to go through a whole bunch of revitalization. So, I've always loved Jacobs Field or Progressive Field. Um I went to the opening day game. I saw Bill Clinton throw out the first pitch. Um, I it's it's a great place. Um, the stadium's absolutely gorgeous. It's my favorite place to go to. Um, in the 2010s, I want to say 2014 or 2015, they did um, they started some major revitalization of the whole entire area um, all along the first baseline and all the way in right field, they pretty much gutted all the um, refreshments in that area and they started putting in local, establishments so what they have there are like they have great lakes brewery there they have food and beer from great lakes brewery they have um, tacos from uh, uh, from barrio which is this great taco place in Cleveland Uh, they have melt there uh, from melt I mean everyone knows melt Um, they have all these great locations there now Um, they also opened up a two-story bar in the uh, outfield corner and it's just really badass bar they have like fifty different beers there. You can get standing room only tickets in that area. So here's a pro tip: standing room only tickets. They usually cost like ten to fifteen bucks. You get a free five dollar beer or five dollar oh, free five dollar beer credit if you buy that ticket. So it's pretty cheap. Um, it's standing room only, but it's super cool. Everyone hangs out there. You know, usually they like the the free swag people are out there all the time and the mascots. So that's super cool. They have a bunch of beers. Um, a bunch of local beers that you can only get there also. Um, so that's a really great place. And then just last year, what they also did was they gutted the third base line and then they uh, gutted everything behind Home Plate. So now Home Plate is a season ticket um, lounge. So they have a bunch of food options there and it's also glass. So as you're walking around the um, the outside of the, the stadium, you can look right into uh, home plate and to the pitcher's mound so that's really super cool and all who, about sorry oh,
2: who do you think made that decision because with my experience when i have a baseball in a window like glass. <laughs> yeah you no, know, i break them Been there, yeah well
1: that. well the good news is that they had like all those you know uh nets right behind that area so they're good um but a lot of this was like um, I think it was Mark Shapiro before he left made a lot of these decisions, which were good, and also the Dolans. Um, we had like 43, 44,000 seats uh, capacity for the stadium, and we were never selling that out. Um, they just kept adding, and we, it was just overbuilt. So what they did was they removed a lot of those seats and made it these party areas or made it these uh, gathering areas. So it's way more communal and really cool and really nice. Um, they removed a whole bunch of seating out in center field, and they put up our um, our uh, our bull our bullpens up there. So um, they kind of put them there now. So um, you can actually go and sit in one of the old bullpens out in right hand field. So that's super cool. Something you can do also. Um, that's kind of what they were doing, and, and also along the third baseline, they put a bunch of more food locations, like they put Fathead's Brewery and Saloon, so you can get food there and drinks. They have a mocho, another Mexican place. So like all these places, like you can get awesome food around uh, the Cleveland area, they all have a location in Jacobs Field now, and that's I think one of the coolest things I've 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 ever seen in a in a baseball stadium.
0: So moving on to yes. <laughs> a less uh, less popular topic, the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, they're coming off of a uh, a rough season, but looks like you know the First Energy Stadium's holding up pretty nicely over there. How's uh, how's that uh, fit into the, the downtown plan with Cleveland?
1: Um, so that is actually sitting on the old uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium area. Uh, the Browns left originally because they wouldn't give them uh, Art Modell a new stadium, so they tore down the Muni. Uh, they threw it in the lake, basically for the fish to live in. That's and they right. built first yes, and they built First Energy there. Um, I've only been to First Energy once. It was free tickets from work. I sat in the Loge area. Um, it's pretty nice. Uh, my only. My only complaint with it is it's pretty, it feels kind of soulless in a way, but that's maybe because I was up in the Lounge area and I was super drunk, so As, who knows?
0: Has, has nothing As to do with does. the fact that Browns have been terrible since they've been back to Cleveland. Yeah, nothing to do with that. <laughs> Just, you're, no, you're, no, I mean, here's, here's a fun fact for you today. The First Energy Stadium is the only stadium, open it's NFL stadium that has never hosted a playoff
1: game. Yeah, that's real sad. Just real.
0: <laughs> so, granted, like, you know, Levi Stadium in, in San Francisco or outside of San Francisco, they hosted the Super Bowl because they, you know, they were picked for the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know,
1: it is what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, so.
0: You know, and uh, I take that back. I think the, uh, the, uh, uh what the heck is it called the the new football stadium in minneapolis hasn't either but it just opened this year so you know it that's it, it's it kind of doesn't get a little bit of a disadvantage but of established stadiums you know first energy stadium is the only stadium that has not hosted a an nfl playoff game
1: yeah it's i mean it's it's nice um the lo- the lounge area the, the loge area sorry Ah, uh, they have some like interesting restaurant choices up there. They have a Michael Simons B spot. They have a few local um restaurant tours have opened like small stands there, like they have at Jacobs field. But um basically, it's only open for like the rich people and the people who have season tickets and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, and but I mean, the big thing with going to First energy is you still have the Muni lot, or as it's uh, lovingly referred to Sodom and Gomorrah. So um, <laughs> It's this is when you, see, when you see all the crazy deadspin stories of Cleveland's Browns fan jumps in vat of urine and all those great stories of, mm. of past yore that happened in the Muni lot. I
0: thought that only uh, happened in Buffalo, but apparently I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it can be bad. It can be real bad. Um, um, yeah, so I, I mean, first energy is nice. The biggest problem with it is that it's really far away. Um, it's at least a good 10, 15-minute walk from the bars. Um, it's closer to the, the, the Cleveland Science Center and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than it is to a bar. Well, um, you know, hey, Cleveland Science Center, that's
0: a, a good fit for uh, NFL fans, you know, stereotypically. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
2: Please, you guys don't go to science centers right before games. I well, I mean,
1: maybe if they had a bar in it. <laughs> maybe they put something like that. Like I don't know. Maybe they could teach them like the Browns how to throw football. That'd be you know no. the physics,
0: okay. the physics of not sucking.
1: Yeah, right. Um, I I can go into a whole spiel about the science center, but they've really I'm not a huge fan of them right now. But whatever. <laughs> anyway,
2: how about uh, this? you're you've been making me hungry. Maybe I should be in there before this. So yes, you, you should have. <laughs> I, I decided to run instead. Come on.
1: Oh, okay, um, okay. I didn't.
2: So. What about the restaurant scene around these places? I heard there's uh, some guy, Michael Simon, who's impacted downtown in the restaurant scene.
1: Yeah, so Michael Simon opened a uh, Lola Bistro um, on East 4th in 1997. And this is back when East 4th was still like kind of shady in a way. Um, now East 4th has really blossomed into something awesome. Um, so East 4th is the really nice restaurant district in Cleveland. It's a... You can't drive down it, so it's walking only. And there's maybe about eight or nine restaurants on there. Um, there's a comedy club, there's a bowling alley, there's a um a bar, like a, a nice speakeasy kind of bar. All these great places are there. Um one of the big ones is Lola. That was open in nineteen ninety seven. Um it's one of his it's it's his absolute number one restaurant. Um I've been there twice. Is absolutely fantastic. I love it to bits. Um, they have one of my favorite specials. What?
2: Best dish.
1: Um, my. Well, so my favorite dish that I always remember is it's a dessert called the four uh, the four or five a.m. special, and it's a special French toast with a bacon, ice cream, and something else. But it's basically bacon. Yeah, it's like bacon ice cream, French toast, and some other stuff. It's really good. It's like a breakfast dessert.
2: Bacon ice cream exists.
1: Yes. And he has it there with, with like, dessert French toast and Road stuff. Road trip. Absolutely good. Um, so next door to Michael Simon. Oh, actually, no, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, also in that area is Zach Burrell's restaurants. Uh, Zach Burrell runs a bunch of good restaurants in Cleveland. Uh, one of them is uh, Chinato, which is an Italian restaurant right in the corner there. Um, that's a really, really good restaurant. Um, good Italian food, really fresh. Um, There is uh, Barrio, that taco place I was telling you about, is right around the corner. It's not on East 4th, but it's really close there. Um, There's an Irish pub that I went there. Um, I went there after a concert, and the band showed up after the concert and played at the Irish pub. So that was tons of fun. Um, uh, One of the other places, Pickwick and Frolic on East 4th, they do banquet dinners, but they also are a comedy club. So if you ever go and see a comedy show, you're probably going there um there's the house of blues is right there so you have your food and also you have a concert venue right on east 4th um and you also have two of the restaurants that i think we have listed uh as our re- restaurant recommendations right dj I,
0: yes i believe yeah. you're
1: correct you want me to segue right into that go for it i'll go for it so i'm just we'll gonna pop uh... my feet up on the desk yeah, there we go. You see, it's almost like I host my own podcast and I know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
0: it yeah, sounds weird. like you've done
1: this before. Yeah, right. Uh, so the first one I'll mention is Greenhouse Tavern. A greenhouse, um, I go there for drinks. They're really great. It's a it's a three-story restaurant with a rooftop bar. Um, the rooftop bar is really cool because they're usually open. like During normal game days, they're usually open and you just chill up there when it's really nice. Um, they have a really good drink selection. They have cocktails on tap. So that's a little something different. Um, they're also the only place outside of Columbus you can get my favorite brewery, which is Who Farted Brewing. So if you want to get some good beers, you can get that there in cans. Um, but they have really good food selection. Um, everything is really kind of that market fresh mentality, um, and it's just a really super cool location. It's um, and it, it's very eclectic too, kind of like a like almost like a library feel to it. It's really really neat. Um, My favorite place is the new Michael Simon restaurant on East 4th, and it's called Mabel's and this is Mabel's barbecue. Michael Simon created his own Cleveland barbecue. So this is um, specialty cuts of uh, meats that they, uh, that they age there. uh, They uh, season there with their own uh, Michael Simon Mabel's barbecue sauce, which is based around Cleveland ballpark, mustard and bourbon. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, they have really good cocktails, a really good beer selection. Uh, last time I was there, when was that, like about a month ago, we got a fatty cut of brisket with pastrami spices. Mm, delicious. We got, we got kielbasa with cheese. We got lamb ribs. Um, then we also got uh, potatoes, which are his potatoes are killer there they are like the best thing in the world. They are like cover, like they have like butter and oil. They fry them in and they have these fresh, uh, uh, scallions they put on top. Absolutely to die for. They have, um, great coleslaw. We got, um, something else too, but it's all served family style. Like you would a normal barbecue place with like, you know, enough bread for like how many people order, like fresh slices of bread for the people who ordered whole kit and caboodle, whole nine yards. It's, Absolutely fantastic. There's usually a wait, but if you go to the bar, um, you could usually sneak in pretty quickly. Uh, across the street is also a place called um, Butcher & Brewer. So if you need a place to go to while waiting for Mabel's or you just want more meat, uh, Butcher & Brewer does their own meats. Uh, they have a uh, their own uh, hand-dipped corn dogs, and they make their own hot dogs uh, for it uh, as an appetizer. And they also brew their own beer. It's really, really, really good.
0: As we're uh, starting to uh, wrap up the show here, yeah. <laughs> I have to, I have to mention the I swear I get a Snapchat from you at least once a month from the Winking uh-huh. Lizard.
1: Yes. Um yes, yeah, so the Winking Lizard is a famous famous bar in Cleveland. They opened in the 80s in um in in, in the East side of Cleveland and Winking Lizard, they have like 12 or 14 locations in Ohio now. And a bunch of them are in Cleveland. And they have two in downtown Cleveland. One is in the Gateway area, so it's a block away from Jacobs Field and uh, the Queue. Um, the other one's a little farther away. It's in um, the Galleria. Um, but Winking Lizard's great because um, they have a great beer selection. Uh, they probably have uh, some of the freshest beers in the city. Um, they have a great bottle selection. They have some of the only beers you can— like. They have beers they bring here that, like, this is the only place you can get them on tap in North America. Like, that's how good this place is. Um, The food's really good. It's, you know, your sort of standard uh, fried appetizers, wings, sandwiches, pizzas, um, salads, wraps, you know, that whole nine yards. Um, Really good food. Um, They do specials on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. So uh, go check that out if you're ever there. Um, and have my they, favorite part. That,
0: have they started paying you endorsement money yet?
1: No, no they have not. <laughs> well, uh, well, they should. Although, like, they, they should. Um, so, but the best part is, of course, that every single Winking Lizard location has a actual iguana in the uh, restaurant. They have like a ca- like they have like a giant, not a cage, but like a, a like setup for him, like a nice big atrium kind of thing. So, like I always Snapchat DJ the uh, Winking Lizard iguanas whenever I'm there. And they're all they're all given like funny names. So the uh, the one near me was like Sir Nordy. The one near my parents is like Westy because they're in Westerville. So, yeah, Winking Lizard's really good. And uh, right around the corner from Winking Lizards, the City Tap, and that's another good location. Uh, I think they have a little bit of food, but not much. But that's basically your standard kind of bar atmosphere with a lot of televisions. So, yeah.
0: What what happens if you like uh, say bowling, for example?
1: <laughs> is that an oh, obvious yes. obvious lead? Yes, <laughs> yes. So, Corner Alley is actually the bar is the bowling alley on East Fourth, and uh, that is um, a great. It's a great brewery. It's uh, not a brewery, but it, it has a great bar. Um, it's an actually they have those uh, you know those standard uh, doors that you get, you know you know kind of the um, garage doors they open up. They kind of they they open up right to the area. Sure, they have yeah. a giant bar there. Um, they have bowling, they have video games downstairs, uh, arcade machines, old school, new school. Um, also, they serve food there, too. So that's a really good place where a lot of people hang out.
0: Awesome. So, we're about out of time. So, Joe, I want to thank you for being on the show. Do you have any uh, projects or social media you'd like to plug? Oh, uh,
1: should I plug my other podcast, Go I for guess? it. Um, if you like theme parks, um, I do uh, the Parkscope uh, Unprofessional Podcast Hour. We try to do that every other week or so. Um, we actually have two podcasts on there. I'm not on the other one. But, uh, yeah, so if you like Disney or Universal or Cedar Fair parks or Six Flags, we talk all about that stuff. So check that out. Um, and you can follow me. I don't know. Uh, probably you want to follow me at Joe Bill Matt on Twitter because that's my more sports-related account than my theme park one. So, that's probably a better bet.
2: <laughs> wow, all this talking about food—you have to admit—makes us all hungry. So, so yeah.
0: <laughs> I think this is a great time to wrap up. So let's just go ahead and say again, Joe, thank you for being on the show. Just be sure to visit us on Facebook at Stadium Scene, uh, Twitter at Stadium Scene. Uh, pinterest at stadium scene and the oddball instagram stadium underscore scene because somebody beat <laughs> us to the stadium scene handle and they don't use it so someday we'll get that back from them some
1: jerks gosh it was me <laughs> ah okay
2: <laughs> so, did you know stadium scene is partnered with booking.com to I... help you find the best trait of our hotel i
0: did not know that
2: Crazy, right?
0: Actually, yeah, I did know that, but the rest of the listeners didn't.
2: <laughs> yeah. So each stadium page, if you go to our website, StadiumScene.com, features a local ho- hotel search powered by Booking.com. Or you could skip the search and, you know, StadiumScene.com/slash/booking and check out the deals. That's how I'm going now to wherever the hell we were just talking about.
0: <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland.
2: To go get some food because,
0: yeah. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back with another episode soon. So we will catch you next time.